Good morning. You're listening to Breakfast Bites, and I'm Felicia King. Today, I'm going to talk to you about email security in email deliverability and how, if these things are not done well, it's going to impact your revenue. So let's get started. Uh, first, I'd like to just make an announcement that I have a new public-facing knowledge base website that probably everybody would find useful, and I'm continually adding more content to it. Feel free to use it. It is just a knowledge base website. That's it. It is KB for knowledge base, kb.qpcsecurity.org. So please check it out. And hopefully you'll find some informational articles out there to help you. Many of the informational articles that are out there are actually intended for uh, end users, security awareness, and things like that, right? So it's intended to be for a very, very wide audience, not necessarily just IT professionals. Okay, so let's pivot to the topic of email security and deliverability and email monitoring. Okay, um, those of you that have been listening to the show for quite a while, you know that I did a prior show on the topic of ensuring that your emails are continue to be deliverable. So they're, they need to be deliverable to begin with, and then they need to continue to be deliverable. And in the process of that, uh, this is not a simple thing anymore. So there is a, an acronym that you need to know. It's called the ESP, the email um, security providers, right? The email hosting providers, email security providers, right? This is like the Googles, the Microsoft, the Yahoo, you know, resources like that, that, that you're used to, you know, Proton Mail and so forth. So they're, they're the email hosting providers. Well, they're also email security providers. In 2021, federal legislation was passed and that federal legislation in effect stated that enforcement for DKIM, DMARC, SPF, proper alignment was required on a sender side and on a recipient side the filtration enforcement to reject emails that did not meet that criteria, that was also required. Now, coupling that fact is that just about every, probably every cybersecurity insurance policy, certainly in the United States, most likely worldwide, is also having this requirement. Okay, so let's get to the nugget of why. I mean, this is a really, really severely important issue. In excess of 85% of breaches of organizations are occurring through the email vector. And so what do we need to do? Well, we need to secure email. <laughs> okay. So obviously, um, it, you know, it sounds easy. A little funny story. There was a, a chamber of commerce that uh, we support and uh, we had just gotten done, and this was several years back, we had just gotten done uh, securing their email. And literally like 30 days later, I heard from the Chamber of Commerce that one of their partner chambers of commerce had gotten hacked. And so I went out and just did some public facing OS int and 
which is, you know, basically, you know, operation security intelligence, you know. Uh, and so basically just, you know, public facing, checking out stuff, right? That's not hacking. That's not penetration testing. That's just simply utilizing publicly available information to make uh, an assessment. Okay. And what became blazingly obvious in that in very brief investigation, it took me less than 10 minutes, actually, was that the people who were in charge of the email security for the Chamber of Commerce that got breached, which I will reiterate, was not our client, um, the configuration indicated to me that whoever was doing that work well, they were clowns. I mean, it was bad, right? And and so what message did that send to the hackers? Well, the message that it sent was, hey, we're open for hacking, <laughs> you know? Like we're a good target to be targeted and hacked and, you know, those types of things. So when your email security configuration is weak, you're sending an advertisement to the hackers that, you know, you're open for hacking. Well, there's another aspect to that, which is, believe me, your vendors or your, your prospective customers are doing that to you also as a vendor. They are taking a look as part of their vendor risk management program. They're taking a look at your configuration because a lot of people say how you do something is how you do everything. Now, I don't think that's completely fair because pretty much everybody that I know that is highly competent has incredible amounts of demand on their time. So, you know, everybody is challenged with making uh, decisions every day about what they're spending their time doing. However, there is also an argument to be made that if your email security posture for your business is like a pile of smoking hot dog feces, then, and also like email security is not a new thing, then what that tells you is that whoever is in the executive management team making decisions about who is in charge of IT security is not making good choices. And if they're not making good choices at that fundamental level, then they're probably not making good choices about anything else having to do with IT security. So in that context, I do think it is fair to leverage or to project your OSINT assessment about an organization's email security as it relates to um, other things that have to do with IT security in their organization. Absolutely, I think that's a fair assessment to make. In fact, I myself do vendor risk assessments that start with email. Because like I said, email security is not a new thing. So if they can't get email security correctly, and it is a foundational, fundamental item, and email security is mandated by the federal government, it's mandated by everybody's cybersecurity insurance policy, and it's mandated by just good common sense on both sides, right? The one side of, I'd like my emails to be deliverable, but on the other side, I don't wanna get hacked, okay? So there's an abundance of reasons 
why no one should have bad email security posture at this point in time. And so if I look at an organization and I'm assessing them from a vendor risk management perspective and their email security is like a smoking hot pile of dog feces, I'm not doing business with them. I mean, it's just kind of that, you know, it's just that flat out, you know? And if somebody says to me that we have to like whitelist their emails, I'm like, just get out of Dodge, right? <laughs> just get out of Dodge. You know, whitelisting emails is not a legally defensible approach. Major organizations have been hacked and have been completely ransomwared because a weak person in the IT department made a decision to whitelist emails from that claimed to be from salesforce.com. But they failed to actually have the very, very sophisticated high-end authentication header analysis that goes with that. And so as a result, spoofed phishing emails were delivered because they were whitelisted and then they were delivered and ransomware was delivered to that organization. Now, I actually did a whole white paper that was called a white paper is like an, an a, a you know a deep, rich informational analysis, knowledge base sort of article. And I, I did that white paper on the topic of why whitelisting emails is not a legally defensible practice. Okay. And uh, so that that's a good resource to leverage. And so from a prospective customer basis, anybody who's doing any sort of appropriate levels of vendor risk management is going to do what I did. And, and if the email security just, you know, fails, well, I'm sorry, we can't do business with that organization because that business creates entirely too much vendor risk on us. And what was really hysterical is that I had, had talked to a marketing company in the last month about, you know, some pr prospective services and they, <laughs> they failed this vendor risk assessment. And I went and, I, and, and the, the person who was the president of that company had actually had two software companies before, right? So she had, she had owned two different software companies before, but yet her marketing company had atrocious absolutely atrocious email security. I mean, it was so bad that none of her emails could even get through to me. They would all just completely go into the quarantine. Not junk, right? It wasn't just deemed as spam or something like that. No, no. It was like massive fail, massively insecure, full-on quarantine. And when I emailed her back about it, she's like, oh, well, we're just a marketing company. And it's like, no, no, you're not. You're a technology company. Everybody is a technology company. Everybody has information. There is no reason in my mind that I, as a customer of an organization, should be accepting a bunch of risk just to do business with a company. And I you know, look at a, a prior show that I did where I talked about the FTC safeguards regulations. Again, we're talking about federal level of regulations here. It says that if you are a tax preparer, you have to comply with the FTC safeguards rule. Yet, I'm hard pressed to find tax preparers that do comply with the FTC safeguards rule. I don't really think they do. So what is, where does that leave someone? Well, in my opinion, that means that you can't really trust them with your data.
and you need to probably bring your tax preparation in house, which in the grand scheme of things is not hard anymore. You know, there's all kinds of tax preparation tools, even for business. There's a, a great little tool called the um, Tax Act. It's very affordable and I, I like it quite a bit. So, <clears throat> okay. So bottom line on this thing is if your emails are not deliverable and if your email security posture, which is very easy to assess publicly, is not up to snuff, you're going to lose business, right? You're just absolutely going to lose business. Now, if you pivot over to your like marketing efforts where you're attempting to get emails to be delivered to people, that's an art form because every single marketing automation platform that's out there is, is a little different and it requires tuning. If you go to any sort of an IT professional and you say, well, you know, I want you to set this up and it's supposed to be like a one-time implementation project. It's like, well, I'm sorry, that just doesn't really work. Yeah, you can, they can do an implementation project for you. However, if you don't couple that with ongoing monitoring, where they're actually going to look at that at least once a month and evaluate the statistics of the email delivery for your various domains. And yes, you should have various domains. It is incredibly foolish to put everything on your root email domain. Uh, in fact, I, I'm in a business owner peer group of other technology professionals. And the some of the guys on the, the team had sent out uh, like a reply all email a few weeks ago. And five, of those different guys, you know, again, these are IT professionals, five of them, their emails went into my quarantine. And so it goes, I go and do OS int on them. What do I find? I find that their stuff isn't good. And so, you know, I tell them about it. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, well, our internal engineer says it's okay. And it's like, well, look, use this public facing tool and this public facing tool is telling you it's not okay. You know, so, you know, what are you going to believe? Your lion eyes? <laughs> you know? um, if it takes you three tools to do an analysis, fine. It takes you three tools to do an analysis. But you, you basically have to, you know, you, you have to take this sort of thing seriously. There is no magic bullet for it. You know, there is no one approach that's going to work. I have hundreds of hours of R&D into tuning email delivery and email security filtering, both on the ingress and the egress side. And what I have come to as a conclusion is that if you do not have an email security expert managing and monitoring your email configuration and the delivery of email on an ongoing basis, you're going to have problems. So, uh, you know, there it is. And I can tell you from my own personal experience, because I use quite a lot of different platforms that do various emailing for various different things, you know, newsletters, marketing automation platforms, uh, in infrastructure monitoring, all kinds of different things, right? And I can tell you absolutely vehemently firsthand direct experience that if you don't monitor that, it's going to backfire in your face because you can go and set it up and initially things will be okay. And you'll be like, yep, we're getting email deliverable and it's all okay. It looks fine and looks all okay. 
But then you may get a report next month where something changed somewhere. And let's just be clear, you don't have control over all the factors, right? Everybody is using an email filtration system that has artificial intelligence in it and that dynamically changes pretty much all the time. So if you're not monitoring email deliverability and email security, you're never going to know, right? If you're if you don't have monitoring for uh, like, is your domain blacklisted? You know, is it on some sort of a massive block list blocking, right? Like blocking meaning forget it, we're not going to receive your emails block. Then uh, you'll never know. Right. You know, like there's nobody's going to send you an email and go like, yeah, your email is all blocked because you're on a block list. No, you have to have a monitoring system for that and catch that in as near real time as possible. And then you set up notifications that you will receive where it will tell you that that's occurring. So um, doing this sort of thing with marketing automation platforms and you know newsletter systems and you have invoicing systems that send on your behalf there's just tons of systems that send on the behalf of your organization and so there's an art form associated with how and what you configure and in what way a good technique is to try to do full segmentation between services. For example, if you had constant contact or a HubSpot or you had an invoicing system or you know whatever it is, the general rule of thumb I try to follow is a, a one resource, one domain. So if your domain is domain.com, you could have e.domain.com, which would be one subdomain you could put a service on. You could have c.domain.com domain.com, which is another subdomain you could have another separate service on. Okay. You may actually choose and, you know, in, in consultation with me, you may find out that actually hmm, it's a good idea that we just put this on a completely separate domain entirely. So then it's not domain.com. It's uh, tabletop.com, right? It's a completely different domain. If you don't do that kind of segmentation, your monitoring has challenges because you're going to be looking at a slew of email volume analytics and you're not going to, when, when you see these various failures, it's not going to be clear what source they're coming from. Okay. You're also by blending all that together, you're creating a situation where a reputation problem driven from one technology platform causes a widespread adverse impact. So again, this is an art form. Now, then we even get into the email deliverability uh, in terms of, you know, how do you craft SPF, DKIM, and DMARC alignment within the bounds of a particular platform? In a lot of cases, I find you can't even really follow the instructions that a particular platform has. For example, you look at like, again, Constant Contact or HubSpot or Odoo or Zoho, or I, you know, I don't really care what it is, right? They've all got their own little instructions and they say, we recommend you set it up like this. And then it's like, well, actually there's a thing called a return path header. And you can construct that return path header in a variety of ways. 
And if you are going to, you're going to do it, you know, the way that you construct that return path header is highly dependent upon whether you're going to be running the platform on a completely isolated domain, on a root domain, on, on like a blended domain or a subdomain. Is it sounding to get complicated? Yeah, because it is. <laughs> email deliverability and email security is hideously complicated and it has got to be monitored. So the real point I'm trying to drive home to you here is that this, if you are not having an email security expert managing and monitoring your email configuration, your email security configuration, ingress and egress, as well as consulting them with how to set up all of the various things which send email on behalf of your organization, you're going to have problems. And you, and if you're not monitoring it, you're never going to know when you have a problem. And so, gee, how far down the road does that go before, I don't know, you get a phone call from a customer or a prospect or whatever, you, maybe you lose the deal with that prospect because they did vendor risk assessment on you and they found out that, uh, you know, it's a steaming hot pile of dog feces. <laughs> and they're like, no, we can't do business with you because you clearly don't take email security seriously. Therefore, we think you probably don't take anything else seriously in terms of IT security. And that is uh, a risk that we are not willing to eat. And I don't blame them. So, um, I would highly recommend that you take a listen uh, to the prior show I did where I was talking about this particular topic uh, in more depth about how to how to actually get your emails deliverable. But the big thing that's changed between that show that I did a couple of years ago and the and the one today is that it has become apparent that if you're not actually engaging in active, ongoing, regular monitoring, then, and I mean monitoring by an email security professional, not just like, you know, regular IT. I, I, do, I have not encountered regular IT that has the in-depth skill set and the training and experience um, to be able to be really effective at that artistry. The reason that I'm effective at that is because I've hooked up hundreds of marketing automation platforms and newsletters and websites. And I'm continually engaging with web application developers or software developers where, I mean, from huge companies, by the way, and they're like, oh, well, we just do, you know, this and this and this with the email. It's like, yeah, well, you know, your email is not even remotely passing inbound security inspection. Therefore, it's getting quarantined. And then when I go and I look at it, they have failed to create any sort of that alignment. What do I end up having to do? Because they're clearly not capable of handling it. I end up having to provide them uh, an SMTP relay service to spackle over the deficiencies in their skill sets. So if you don't have a VCSO that you're working with on a regular basis who can do that other vendor risk management for you, as well as manage your other technology vendors, you're going to have some deficiencies. You cannot be looking at these things anymore in terms of a tactical uh, response, a, a tactical, oh, well, we'll just send over a support ticket. I mean, some of the things that I just find apocalyptically offensive, really, is when I get an email from some 
website hosting company who's like, we'll just waitlist the emails. I'm like, wow, you are so uninformed about this topic. You know, so my goal here is to always inform the business decision maker and put them in a position to be making informed risk decisions. Fundamentally, the executive management team of an organization, their fiduciary duty that they cannot delegate to anyone else is risk management. And they've got to be making active risk management decisions of all shapes, sizes, and flavors. And in order to do that effectively, they have to be informed. And you can't be informed if your approach is you just listen blindly to, you know, willy-nilly various point vendors. And I'm talking about point vendors, you know, like here's the one vendor that just does your isolated phone system. And here's the vendor that does your marketing automation platform. And here's the vendor that does your website hosting, right? No, you need to have someone on your side that has an integrated view. And that in that security and risk management business driver integrated view, who is going to be able to consult with you on a strategic level to create that integrated plan? Because you cannot just follow instructions tactically as like, and you can't treat this stuff like it's some sort of a tech support ticket. Oh, we'll just do this. No, it's generally not just do that. In fact, I found, um, I had the realization the other day that we really just don't get any help desk tickets. What, every time we get a support request, it's usually like some on, some full on issue. You know, there's always just more layers of the, the onion to peel back. You know, it's like, somebody's like, I can't access this. Well, it's like, well, that's because there's a bigger problem with the server. It's not, you know, something simple or... And then we'll get things escalated to us from internal IT where they'll be thinking it's a permissions issue. And it's like, no, it's not a permissions issue. There's like five other things that, that have to be fixed. You know, So if you don't have a strategic, a really strategic partner with incredible levels of technical and business and strategic and compliance and security skills, I think you got a deficiency. It's, it's like not having a CFO in your organization. So- uh, if you want to have a resource, I will point you to a resource that I found to be rather helpful. And I'm not really a big fan of MX Toolbox. Uh, I do like EasyDMark a lot better. Their um, Postmark has some analysis tools, but I don't think it's like, I, you know, Postmark's got a good product, but it's really enterprise only and it's harder to understand. Uh, and I, I don't really think that their analysis is that great. I've actually seen where uh, MX Toolbox literally produces inaccurate results. So I'm not saying it's bad, but I think what I'm really trying to convey here is that if you're trying to do this sort of assessment on your own to find out like, really, gee, how bad is my email security? you need to go look at a bunch of different resources. So you could, you know, get a free assessment from us, or you could, you know, go out there and find some resources on your own and try to do your own assessment. If you're a business decision maker, I would definitely encourage you to do your own assessment or to get a free assessment um, by us because you need to be checking your vendors every now and then. 
you know, you need to find out, gee, you know, like, do, am I, am I actually getting the, the best sort of IT consulting help that I should be getting? And, and again, like I said, if, you know, email security is not new. So if you've got an organization who's actually been entrusted with making sure that your emails are secure and they're deliverable, and you go and do some analysis on your stuff and it's a steaming hot pile of dog feces, the interpretation of that that you should have is one of two things. Either they've come to you and recommended changes and you've consistently said no to them and you've never enabled them to fix the problem, or they haven't come to you and said that it needs to be fixed, or they just have failed to fix it on their own if they're actually in charge of that thing. And if that's the case, if they were enabled to do it, if they should have already done it, or they've never brought it up to you, and there's a huge deficiency there, then I would strongly suggest it's probably time to consider uh, finding a different provider because how they do that is an example of how they probably are doing everything deficiently. That's it for today.